This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, October 26th, 2019. We want to welcome everybody back to the show and uh, say happy Halloween. And to all the people living outside of America, you have our sincere condolences. I just heard, I was just educated on this today. It's tragic. Do you know what's tragic? There's a lot of tragic things. Which one did you have in mind? Apparently, they don't celebrate Halloween the way Americans do. In the rest of the world. I wasn't aware that anybody else celebrated Halloween at all. Well, you know, in Germany, it's All Saints Day and All Hallows Eve. And uh, they don't do anything. I was informed by a German friend on Twitter. They don't do the costumes. They don't do the parties. They don't do trick-or-treating. What what do they do? Nothing. That was the point. That's a shame. A little waste of a perfectly good holiday. I, I That's what I thought. I'm like, see, here I thought that, yeah, it was like Christmas, that our Christmas, the way we celebrate it, is radically different from the way, like, Mexico celebrates it or the way that Germany celebrates it. But I assume that All Hallows' Eve and All Saints' Day were you know, universally acknowledged Christian holidays so that Christian countries would at least uh, celebrate them in different ways. But but I was wrong. Uh, so, man. I'm not sure what's terribly Christian about dressing up as sexy nurse and, and bobbing for apples. Yeah, but it didn't used to be like that. That's brand new. That's like... That's been something that's been brought on fairly recently. Oh yeah? I, yeah. I don't know the history of Halloween. Is it are you gonna do the history of Halloween on this episode? No, I, I'm not going to do the history of Halloween. But but except to say that the the history of slutty costumes <laughs> is relatively really recent. Like, you know, ten to fifteen years recent, not you know, uh, of ancient vintage. You did not have medieval peasants going door to door asking for candy dressed the, as slutty plague victims, okay? They, 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 that just wasn't a thing. So on, on that, you can trust me. Uh, sure, sure. Are, are you sure? Are you sure there isn't evidence in, in books of, of old-time uh, slutty nun costumes? I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, that would get you some, uh, in the olden days, I'm pretty sure that would get you some disapproving attention from the powers that be. Should we address why we were so late? It's It's up to you if you weren't, if you want. Uh, I'll just say that it was a matter that was out of my hands and that we got back on air as absolutely soon as we possibly 
could. But we're glad to have everybody here anyway. And for, for those of you keeping score at home, it was not technical in nature, so our uh, weekly technical difficulties have yet to appear. That's absolutely true. Unless I find out later that some kind of car mechanical problems were involved uh, with the other party, it was absolutely not technical. And even in that instance, it would not be a computer technical problem. It would be an entirely different sort of problem. So that's I'm fair. Recovered. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but happy Halloween anyway. Those of you who do have happy Halloweens in your country. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like happy Halloween because because the way we celebrate it here, you're supposed to go to horror movies and and dress up as monsters and run around and and get candy. I, I don't like happy Halloween. Do you know what? Do you know what really grinds my gears about Halloween decorations in particular? I do not. The the happy witch, the smiling witch, the the spider that's a big cartoon spider with big friendly eyes. No, there's nothing friendly about a witch. You know what witches are here for? They're here to cook and eat children. I if the if the kids coming around the neighborhood aren't running screaming from your house, oh, candy bags in tow, you're doing Halloween wrong. I, I can't stand there's just the concept of of a happy friendly smiling witch uh, just really disturbs me. You would love my sister. One of my sisters uh, does a big Halloween decoration. It's different than every different every single year uh, on her front lawn takes over the entire front lawn. Um, there is an island off the coast of Mexico or in an island or in a lake in Mexico where someone has just hung up hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of doll parts. Oh my. They just leave them there and they hang out in the rain and they just get weathered and dirty. And I don't know why they do it, but it looks really creepy. So one year for Halloween, my sister filled her entire lawn with that. Oh, my. Um, another year, she did the ring. So she brought out big televisions, like five or six cathode ray televisions. <laughs> showing the ring, the scene where she comes crawling out of the well. Right. And then had other ring-related stuff around. Um, yeah, she has done some really scary stuff. Megabuster Shepard has solved the mystery for us in chat. Apparently, doll parts are to ward off ghosts. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it. I, sure. <laughs> I think I'd rather have the ghosts. I, I will not argue with that. <laughs> um, but anyway, she, like this year... It's the swamp and voodoo. So she's got a mm, covered the front lawn with black plastic and has alligators in it, body parts and skeletons scattered around, has green lights along the periphery. And come Halloween night, 
She'll turn on the fog machine and it'll glow green and it'll look spooky. She went out, cut uh, Cato Nine Tails uh, from a uh, from a local place where they grow and stuck them around it. So it looks like a cursed swamp where people go in, but they don't come out. There is nothing cartoonish or kiddyish about it. That sounds great. So I think you would like my sister's decorations. They're not cutesy. You should you should take some photos and and do you have an Instagram? No, I have no Instagram. <laughs> I would love to see those pictures. You should post them on the internet for everybody to see. Uh, there are pictures of that. In fact, she has people stop by like every year just to take pictures of her house. That's great. Literally, there are people who make this an annual thing to stop by her house. Hey, th there's there's got to be one, right? Uh, uh, every region's got the one guy that does the crazy synchronized Christmas light show or 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 put a bunch of stuff on the lawn, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Very, very... I mean, she starts planning these, like, years ahead. She has a book where she's got ideas in it for years ahead, so she can start gathering things. Like, those doll parts, she was... Oh, yeah, one year it was just spooky pumpkins, and she covered the entire lawn with pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, and so she started... Like a hundred and something pumpkins. She started uh, plastic ones with faces, you know. She started buying those like three years before. So, anyways, can we get off those pumpkins? I, what is your obsession with pumpkins? I, you know what? I really don't. I think just because we grow so many and we grow so many that aren't really, really good to eat. So, we just have a tradition of carving them. I don't know. Pumpkins um, aren't even pumpkins aren't even that good. You know, there's a lot of different ways I could go with this con uh, conversation, but I want to abruptly change the subject. Why don't you do that? Abruptly changing the subject. You had a, a good week. I had a good um, week, and you got to go see something awesome. Yeah, I did. Well, uh, I, I had two things because I was out last week. We didn't have a show because I was. Uh, out with a group of friends at a, uh, we rented a house out in the sticks by Mount Rainier and we played a bunch of board games for the whole weekend. That was a wonderful time, a splendid time. Mount Rainier I, the volcano. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the volcano. Okay. That I won that one day may blow its top and cover our descendants in ash and lava. Do you know why I know Mount Rainier is a volcano? Hit me. I play Shadowrun. <laughs> yeah. Much less impressive once you find out where, where I learned it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I forgot I, that Sh Seattle is Shadowrun's default setting. <laughs> Oh, and did they get Seattle wrong? I mean, I don't know if they got it wrong, but they definitely communicated it to me wrong. <laughs> I thought Seattle was like L.A., which is to say flat. 
Oh yeah, no, 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 no. It's 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 very much angling straight down towards the sea. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the other thing you did this week? Uh, so, I in in the Halloween spirit, I went and saw a couple of uh, films. The you know the Fathom events at theaters where they take a, a you know a, one of the theaters at your local cinema and they'll show an old movie or a, an opera or a concert or something like that, right? Yes. Uh, so they they did the 40th anniversary edition of Alien for Halloween. So I went and saw that, and uh, let me tell you what, it was my first time seeing that on the big screen. Have you ever seen that on the big screen? I haven't. Well, I'm going to tell you two things. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. You knew that. You've seen it before. Yes. Uh, it's And putting it up there on the big screen doesn't change that. It's You don't see anything in bigger detail and go, oh, that, that. except for one thing. Here's, here's the downside. At the end end of the film when the aliens you know getting blasted into space when it's really just a guy in a rubber suit it really looks like just a guy in a rubber suit (laughs) i mean you don't see any human features like it's it's an alien but uh, it's a lot less frightening at the end of the movie when it's getting when it's trying to climb back into the shuttle Uh, but that was great that was great. I highly recommend it. If you ever get the opportunity to see that uh, on a big screen. Um, the other one that, that was Halloween-esque, there's also the 35th anniversary release of Ghostbusters, the 1984 Ghostbusters. So that was that was my Halloween celebration for this month. Cool. I myself, uh, wow. I had a cool, slick. No, actually, I, I did not have a cool and slick. Um, what do you call them? When we transition from one thing to another, is that a transition? Is that what we call that? Yeah, yeah, you fucked it up, man. Good job. I, I was just hoping I would come up with a cool and slick transition, but that didn't work for me this time, did it? Nope. Man. That sucks. It was such a perfect one, too. I was going to transition from you talking about the Ghostbusters movie to me talking about the Ghostbusters video game, which shamefully you don't you know nothing about. I know nothing about. I don't. Why would I know something about a Ghostbusters game? Because it's been kind of a big thing among the Ghostbusters fandom the last like it came out in 2012, 2013. Well, first of all. I'm horrified to find out that Ghostbusters has a fandom. And second of all, I love that movie. Oh, sure. It's a great movie. I, I like it a lot, but how, how can you be a fandom? Of, well, I know. You're about to say bad things. <laughs> You're about to walk backwards into all kinds of anime. and That's right. All sorts of cartoons and, and, <laughs> and, and, and merchandise and, Ecto cooler, ecto cooler was the best flavor of high C. That's for sure. Um, Do they still make that? Yes, or, or at least they re-released it for 2016. <laughs> that's brilliant, brilliant. 
So uh, maybe fandom is the wrong word. Just people who liked the movie knew about the video game. It had a really cool story. Uh, somebody made up a demo of it, and Sony saw it, so they got together and got to make this video game. And just as they were making this video game um, and scripting it and stuff, Dan Aykroyd heard about it and came on board, and he got Harold Ramis to come on board, and they scripted it. They wrote the entire thing. And then for voice acting, they got as much of the original cast as they could. They got, um, you know, the original actor for Winston Zeddemore. They've got the original actor for Jamie, who is Annie Potts. And uh, then at the last minute, apparently, Bill Murray came on board. And so you have a video game with all of the original Ghostbusters, with uh, Peck, the EPA guy, and with uh, Jamie... Jamie Potts, or Annie Potts playing Jamie, and they're not just there for cameos. They're not just there in the introduction and at the end, and you're just wandering around. You are on missions with them the whole game. Oh, cool. Um, and they're, you know, making jokes and quips and all kinds of stuff. Um, and so... It's a, it's a really fun game, and they just remade it. They made a brand-new HD remake that released this month. Um, so I bought that, and I played it all the way through. Um, I just had a hell of a time. I enjoyed it so much. It's the one good Ghostbusters game. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it was good anyway. I found it well worth it. Um, I know they released it on the Xbox One. I don't think it's a platform exclusive, so I'm I'm pretty sure you can get it on the PS4 and maybe even on the uh, PC. But don't quote me on that until you go look it up and verify for yourself. I'm just assuming that. Mm. Oh, wait, no, I don't have to assume that. I watched the video. I'm sure it's on the uh, PlayStation. It has to be on the PlayStation, because it's owned by Sony. Ah, of course. Has to be. Uh, and then on the PC, too. They did some publicity for it, too, that was so awesome it blew my mind. The original Ecto-1 that was in the original movie 35 years ago, mm -hmm. they wanted to do a promotion with it not a replica car, because lots of people have built replicas. Lots of fans have built replicas. They wanted to do a promo with the original car. Sure, it's classic. So they took the original car into a Hollywood uh, body shop. And these are people who, like, if you go to them uh, and you say, hey, we need 10... Uh, 1980s police cruisers. They can say, yeah, we'll have that for you by Monday, and they will. And they rebuilt the original Ecto-1 and had it running. Wow. Phenomenal. This is a publicity, or this is a, there was a featurette in the game for this. So when you buy the game, there's some extras. You can watch the making of story. It was just amazing. Uh, and then Dan Aykroyd shows up, and he just, so in love with the car. All of those gadgets on the roof, 
he has names for all of them, and he has scientific explanations for each of them. So he could tell you, oh, yeah, that's what this one does. That's what that one does is what this other thing does. You're like, really, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Considering it all started as just movie props, that's pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah, it was just fabulous to see. Because this last thing I had heard about the um, the car is that it was really, really old. It was really hard to get working. And there's one shot where they pull out and they're following it across the bridge. You know, it's that iconic shot where they're following it across the bridge. And that shot is the last time they ever got the car working. It broke down after that shot. So every time you see the movie, every time you see the car in the movie was shot everything before that. Wow. Um, but it, it's nice to know that they actually got the original body, the original engine, put everything back together, replaced a bunch of stuff, obviously, uh, and drove it around. I, I'm, as previously discussed, I'm not what you'd say part of the fandom, but I would love to drive that thing around, especially with the siren going. I really would. <laughs> <laughs> that that reminds me, uh, one of the, uh, there's an interview before the film where I think uh, Bill Murray and Dan Eckerd were talking about how great it was to have the actual one because when they were shooting, they would just be able to race all around Manhattan, running red lights and everything like that. Nobody would give them any trouble at all. They'd be <laughs> like, oh, hey, let's go to lunch, flip on the lights, you know, make, make the wailing siren and, and drive around. Nobody cared. Oh. So anyways, that was my Ghostbusters thing. And can you imagine how much more cooler the story would have been if I had been able to come up with a decent transition? It was awesome. It it don't worry about it. <laughs> um all right. So what about you? Besides about Ghostbusters video game, how was your week? Um man, most of my stuff involves around zombies. That's uh, that's very thematic. It is. It's Halloween week, which actually I didn't do this on purpose. I mean, I'd love to say I had a vision. I had a plan. I knew that when Dornall left for a week, that I would have fully two weeks to set up the perfect show and that I could feel my two weeks with zombie media that when we came back, I could give them reviews of movies. I could give them news about zombie stuff. I could even give them reviews of a brilliant Fallout 4 zombie mod. And it would be an amazing show. I wish I could say that, but that's just not the truth. That's a lie. I uh, I just happened to do a bunch of stuff that was zombie related the last couple of weeks, and and so we're gonna stick it all together and call it a show. I approve. Um, I do want to say one thing though that's kind of off topic, but kind of not. It's on topic for this show though. Um, and it's Halloween-esque because it really horrifies me. 
In the new trailer that just dropped for Rise of Skywalker, they have a scene that they show two short clips of where they are conducting a cavalry charge <laughs> across the surface of a Star Destroyer. A Star Destroyer. A Star Destroyer. A cavalry charge. That's sure. It is physically causing me pain to say that. Not a lot of pain. I'm not saying this is, you know, cancer-esque. But that causes me to wince so badly. It's horrifying. Just the thought that this was put into the movie. And there was some back and forth about whether they were in atmosphere or whatever. Or where the gravity came from. And, and I just don't care. Yeah, none of that. Nothing about that makes sense. It, it's a cavalry charge across the surface of a star destroyer. <laughs> what the hell? I, I don't really. I mean. I guess if I really wanted to dwell on this, I could go into analysis or something. I don't want to go into analysis. Uh, let's just say that that and the rest of the trailer were dreadful. I want to go into a coma, I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was awful. Un unhappy with that. I do have one piece of news, though, zombie-related news. Oh, yeah, what's that? Last P expansion for Dying Light, which is a zombie video game, um, is coming out, and it's a crossover uh, or a game mechanical crossover with Left 4 Dead 2. So Dying Light meets Left 4 Dead 2, and apparently it's uh, going to link Dying Light with Dying Light two so that uh it'll connect the two stories of the two games so i liked dying light i liked left for dead and left for dead two so and it's free it's it's not paid dlc it's free for anyone who has the game and i'm gonna shock you here john mm. i'm gonna surprise you so hard you'll fall out of your seat I'm I'm waiting at the edge. I own Dying Light. <laughs> of course. So <laughs> I have killed many zombies in Dying Light. In fact, I've killed many zombies in many games. <laughs> That's what games are for. Um, yes. So uh yeah, those of you who have Dying Light and you're interested, um check it out. Um, and I actually have two ways I can go with this. Two ways. 
One way is to say that the city of Haran, which is in dying light, that's a city you're kind of quarantined into with walls, reminds me a heck of a lot of the city that Dolph Lundgren is quarantined into in the movie Battle of the Damned, which I saw this week, which is a zombie movie where Dolph Lundgren and robots kill zombies. <laughs> those are those are two out of those three are my favorite things. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It really reminded me of Haran. I'm like, geez, if there were more parkour in this movie, I thought to myself while watching it, um, this would be a dying light movie. <laughs> so I guess they couldn't teach the actors parkour. Um, also, the movie may have come out before Dying Light. The other way I could go with it is to say that, having said that I kill a lot of zombies in a lot of different games, I have never killed zombies the way that this uh, zombie mod I was trying out for Fallout 4 was making me kill zombies, and it was amazing, and I had a lot of fun, which is why I was going to talk about it on the show today. Instead of going either of those ways, we will later. We'll get back to those two. I have them written down so I don't forget them. Instead of going either of those ways, we're going to talk about Zombieland 2. Now that is a transition. Well, you messed it up by going meta. Hell no. <laughs> See, now this, this one sort of flew under the radar for me. I... I didn't even realize that they had made another zombie land. I didn't realize. Well, I had heard about it. Um, that They've been trying to make a zombie land ever since the first zombie land came out and was just a big hit. Um, at least a big hit for the budget and got a lot of positive response from the audience. It has a moderate but very passionate fan base. Uh, and it made it made a lot of money. So, well, tell me about it. Did they just go sequelitis and make more of the same, or what? Um, the problem with the movie it, and Zombieland Two has come out ten years after the original Zombieland. And the reason why it didn't come out sooner is because of the four main cast members. Two of them are Oscar winners, and two of them are Oscar nominees. <laughs> so, Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, and the girl whose name I can never remember. <laughs> Me neither. Um, she's famous. She was in that Dan Aykroyd Little Sunshine movie, right? Oh, okay. To link it back to the Ghostbusters. Six degrees of separation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, no, I do not want your AMC special ticket thing. I'm seamlessly searching. Abigail Breslin. Abigail Breslin, okay. So... All, and, and you think of how many movies Jesse Eisenberg has been in in the last 10 years, right? And how many movies uh, Emma Stone has been in the last 10 years. And Woody Harrelson. 
And I assume, Abigail Preslin has been in movies for the last 10 years. Has she been in movies? We'll find out. <laughs> uh, yeah. You can verify if you want to look up. Audience at home, if you want to look up her IMDb page, you can verify that she has been in movies. But um, So it's just been really hard to get them scheduled to get together. But all of them loved the movie, and all of them had committed to coming back and remaking it. It's just taken them 10 years to get them back together to finally remake it. Um, it also has Cory Booker's quote-unquote girlfriend in it. Uh, who? The chick who Quentin Tarantino is always putting in his his movies. Uh, she's the night nurse in Daredevil and the Daredevil mini oh. on Netflix. Is that would that be Rosario Dawson? Yes, Rosario Dawson. Thank you. I can remember there we go. years, but names are kind of fuzzy right now. I, IMDb tells me she's a stunning and resourceful actress. Rosario Dawson is or Abigail Breslin? Rosario Dawson. Oh, okay. Um, she's in it. Um, so, you know, it's... So getting that out of the way, that's why they haven't made it. People were complaining, oh, it's too late to remake it now. And I say, fie! Fie on you! It is not too late to make this movie because I watched Zombieland 2, double tap, all the way from the beginning to the end. There's an after-movie, after-credit scene. There's a mid-credit scene. And then there's an after-credit scene that, you know, wraps up the movie, which you must see. Mm -hmm. This is not an optional short piece of fluff where Nick Fury says, you know, you're fighting bigger zombies now or something, Okay. This is a scene that you have to see, and I don't want, truly, I don't want to wreck the humor for you because it is, for me, it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> it was just something I never thought I'd see, and now that I've seen it, my life is a little more complete. You think I'm making this up or like I'm being exaggerating, but you, you'll you want to see this. Trust me. If you like the Zombieland movies, you'll want to stay until after the credits. So, Unlike most of the Marvel films, which I, I felt like I had wasted an additional 15 minutes of my time. <laughs> well, yeah, the Marvel movies also, also have much longer credits than Zombieland 2 does. Oh, that's so true. That into uh, account as well. The Zombieland two credits a lot shorter than the Marvel movie credits. So, I found the movie funny. I found the movie better than the first. And you may have noticed that I had a little question mark there. At the end of the movie, I liked it more than I liked the first. But I have a feeling that that could go either way on whatever day I saw a, saw one of the two. Um, Zombieland and Zombieland... Zombieland itself is one of my favorite movies. And Zombieland 2 definitely stands right up there with it. Um, the movie itself is set 10 years later. <laughs> 
so there's no time compression or anything. So um, it's 2019. It's been 10 years since the zombie apocalypse, and they're trying to survive and get along and do all kinds of stuff. Um, and there's zombies, and it's a very serious situation, and things are bad, and funny stuff happens. I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Good. I mean, I really enjoyed their sense of humor. The The first movie was kind of episodical because it was basically four TV sitcom episodes shoved together. Mm -hmm. This movie is an actual movie. Oh, fair enough. Um, it, it's written to be one plot, and you can tell the difference. Not that I'm opposed to the episodical stuff, I, that didn't bother me, but you notice it. So, the new characters I liked. They uh, they upset things between the four characters, but they weren't. Um, but they weren't used cheaply, and most importantly, what zombie movies or TV shows tend to do is they tend to introduce a bunch of new characters just so they're able to kill them all off one by one. Oh, of course. That's that's what characters exist for in zombie films, are to be zombie food. Um, this movie does not revel in a massacre of people just to massacre people. That's definitely something different from any other zombie film. So, I mean, it is a zombie pe movie. People do get bit, they get sick, and they turn. It does happen. You'd expect that. But the movie is not doing it just to do it. There's always It's always part of the story. It's always advancing the story. There's always some reason for it. And you can't look at a character and point at that and say, oh, they're going to die. Uh, because the movie... I think every time I did that, the movie changed it up for one reason or another or in one way or another. So. That yeah. sounds good. Maybe I'll check it out. I really enjoyed it. It's. Uh, it is absolutely the equal of the first, if not better. And it's funny. <laughs> Yeah, and, and not being a zombie movie guy, I'm really I'm really happy that they made a, a watchable zombie movie. It's that's genuinely funny instead of dark and whatever else. Oh yeah, there are some really and that's the problem with the zombie genres is it just it's easily turned to nihilism and there are way too many nihilistic people making zombie movies. Hmm. So, I, uh, it's so rare that it happens, but I really love zombie movies and books and stuff that are about hope. They're about overcoming and stuff. Uh, so, and we've gone over that in previous episodes, so I don't need to, I don't need to belabor the point. But yeah, I liked Zombieland too. It was, uh, 
Uh, it was really good. I want to go see it again. <laughs> I, I would literally, I would go pay money to see this again in the theaters. And I haven't paid money to see a movie again in the theaters since I believe True Lies. That's high praise. So, yeah, I would pay to see this again in the theaters. That's how much I like this movie. There we go. Oh, that's a really good sting to end that on. Uh, you told me you told me you had even more that you did zombie related. Yeah, the aforementioned Battle of the Damned. I, I feel like it's disrespectful to say that title in just kind of a casual way. Oh yeah. Like you're a dull, boring person. Oh yeah. <laughs> Out and watched Battle No! I watched Battle of the Damned! Is it, is it the all the damned are, are battling each other, or is, is the damned on one side? I, I feel like I need some clarity on this. I think the damned are supposed to be the zombies. And yet, at the same time, the damned are also the people who are quarantined inside the city with the zombies. Ooh. Oh, that's some college-level stuff right there, man. That's deep. That's some symbolism. Um... I am going to explain to you the holy original, holy, unbeforeseen plot of this movie. Dolph Lundgren is the head of a special forces unit who is tasked with going into a city that has been quarantined because of a zombie outbreak and rescuing the daughter of a CEO and getting out. It's so escape from New York. Holy unbefore scene. <laughs> <laughs> Totally original. <laughs> <laughs> and between him and the girl are lots of zombies. Sure. So they have to kill lots of zombies. Oh. Sorry, my... Uh... Just had a little hurt there. Sorry, I just had to pause. <laughs> But I mean, all the all of the pieces are there. I don't give I don't give a rat's ass about zombie zombies or zombie movies. But but you Dolph Lundgren and robots. That's and special forces troops are backing him up. Yeah, that's that's my cup of tea right there. Um, there are a lot of of obviously this movie has a smaller budget, but it's not. 
you can't look down on this movie and say, oh, it's an awful movie. Because it's not an awful movie. It's just not. It may not have special effects on par with, like, the Marvel movies. But that's because they didn't have the money to spend on it. The special effects they've got are not awful. They're pretty good. Mm -hmm. They have actual practical robots for use in some scenes. Um, you know, physical robots. And then when they have to show the robots running or moving, they have uh, CGI robots. And, and they're decent. They're passable. They're not so awful. It makes me, you know, scream and cry and want to claw my eyes out. Um, the actors turn in decent, believable um, performances. They're they're not terrible. They're, there's none of them that stand out. Oh, I had a debate this week about the world is not enough. Uh, the James Bond movie with uh, um, Charlie Sheen's ex-wife. Why can't I remember her name? Denise Richards. Denise Richards. My contention was that was one of the best Bond movies ever written ever made except for one bad performance that overshadowed the whole movie. Oh yeah. What was that? Denise Richards. Oh. <laughs> she had a terrible performance and it just stuck out like a sore thumb. But everything else in there was brilliant. Um her level of bad acting was not in evidence in this movie in any of the performances. Oh. I mean, oh, I mean, they weren't bad actors. They were good actors. They put, they were professional actors. They put good performances on the screen. And you can complain that, okay, they're not A-list actors. Well, I don't care. They gave the performances. They came out. They hit their marks. They gave credible performances, and I enjoyed it. My, my mini review on Twitter was, I watched it. It made my day better. Good. I was happier after I saw it. It brought me some joy. I enjoyed it. I was smiling after I saw it. I mean, what what else do you expect out of a movie but that? Ultimately, it's what you pay for, right? Yeah. I mean, not every movie is going to have the budget of a AAA feature. Not every movie is going to have, you know, AAA stars in it. But it doesn't have to. Good CGI, good performances, enjoyable movie. You get to see zombies. You get to see robots and Dolph Lundgren shooting up zombies. <laughs> you get to see big explosions and the one Weasley guy who you really despise. He, he gets his comeuppance. I got nothing to say about that. That's that's a movie that was worth watching for me. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Hey, he's he's one of the best. Have we have we talked about how Dolph Lundgren's Superman basically? Yeah. The, this this guy, he's yeah. like ex ex special forces. Uh, he's Norwegian, right? Uh, master's degree in engineering. 
Yeah, he's got like multiple degrees. He's he's like a certified genius and ex special. The the guy's incredible. Fulbright scholar. Or... Yeah. Oh yeah, and Dolph Lundgren has been doing an American accent for so long, he doesn't sound foreign anymore. <laughs> he sounds, you know, basically English. He sounds more English than Arnold Schwarzenegger has. Well, so, that's not that's not going to be hard to do, is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just, I enjoyed the movie. It was fun. Uh, a lot of things are going on. And it was, it was just a good time. It was a couple of hours that were well spent. And I got to, got to relax, got to enjoy it. You know, I, mean, I just, I don't know what to, what else to say about it. I mean, I'm not out here throwing around superlatives like, oh, it redefines this or, oh, it revolutionizes that. I don't care. It was just a great movie to have fun with and chill. It did everything I needed it to do. So, you know what? If that sounds like a movie, you guys want to see, then I would absolutely recommend Battle of the Damned. Yeah. <laughs> Just go for the name alone. <laughs> yes. Oh, the cover is awesome. Man, is the cover awesome. Uh, I included the cover with my tweet uh, where I was giving my... Uh, giving my review <laughs> of, of it. it. It's just, it's a great cover. It's Dolph Lundgren walking down the street with two big, huge robots behind him and a bunch of zombies running after him. Just, just killer cover. <laughs> that, I mean, he just sold the movie right there. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's like a book. Um, all right. Are you ready for the Fallout 4 zombie mod? Am I? <laughs> let me let me contain my 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 glee, my joy. Okay. <laughs> tell, tell me about this. I I can't stand Bethesda games, man. <laughs> I've never played Fallout 4 and you couldn't pay me to do it. <laughs> Oh, here's the sad thing about Bethesda games is after their recent cock-up with uh, Fallout 76. Do you hear about this? Uh, not really. I mean, I've heard that it was a big cock-up, but I don't know anything about it. They decided to introduce a uh, yearly membership for Fallout 76. So it's a subscription service. Yeah, it's not mandatory. You can still play the game without the subscription service. Oh, okay. But it's uh, it's an add-on service. Um, and it costs more per month or per year than Xbox Live or Xbox Game Pass or um, whatever the Sony Live thing is. For a single game. 
Yeah, and all you get is whatever stuff they're stuffing in there. <laughs> it's oh, and the list of stuff you get is pathetic and anemic, and it it's bugged. It doesn't work. People have been collecting a bunch of junk so they can use it for crafting, right? Mm -hmm. So they collect stacks and stacks and stacks of stuff they've been scouring from the surface of Fallout 76. And when they pay the exorbitant fees for this damn membership, it's called Fallout 76 First. They went to move it over into their new storage. Unlimited storage for junk instead of the limited storage they used to have. And their unlimited storage that allowed them to store unlimited crafting materials that they dumped thousands, tens of thousands of units of crafting materials that they labored for hundreds of hours to accumulate. Guess what it did? Oh, did did they lose all their stuff? All of it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Every single bit of it disappeared. <laughs> That's not even necessarily the worst thing about it. Oh, yeah? But that's... That's just... The, uh, I would call that getting off on the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. For I sure. Don't, I don't know why people pay for that game. Because you're paying $60 for the game. And, and then you now you have to pay like $12, $13 a month to make it fun. <laughs> to make it fun. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I played World of Warcraft for like six years, so I can't really criticize that. <laughs> it's supposedly they've announced it as containing private worlds, so you can just play with your friends. But it's not private worlds. It's actually just a private instance. Oh. <laughs> and it's not even actually a private instance. It's a previously owned instance. <laughs> so I, I got to explain this to the audience, those of them who are not. When you, you're paying money and all your friends... Let's say you got eight friends. You just want to go around adventuring with your friends and killing monsters and stuff. So all of you are subscribing to this because all of you have to be subscribing. So all of you are paying $13 a month, $12.99 or whatever. You start up a private world and you go in and somebody's already been adventuring through it because some monsters are dead and there's stuff all over the ground and they've looted a bunch of stuff. So it's not even a clean world. It's not a clean server. 
because people are saying, oh, this is a private server. It's like, no, it's it's not a private server. It's one that's been used and you're just keeping other people out of it right now. It's pre-owned. And then the very instant somebody, the last of you logs off, it disappears. Oh, no. Into the vapor. It's and not it, even persistent? It's not persistent. Why would you... Why would you... <laughs> I can't believe they thought that that would be a good idea. Yeah, I, I can't believe they thought that people would be excited for that. Oh. So anyways, that's, and that's just two little facets of the screw-up. There are many other facets to this screw-up. Those are just the two that I remember as being some of the biggest. So, let's, uh, let's that's put nuts. that. <laughs> that's, that's completely nuts. Let's talk about something fun. Yeah, okay. I was reading, you know, gamer news stuff. Oh, no, that's a lie. I was reading Twitter. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> and on Twitter, I follow some gamer news people or something. Man, I don't actually know who I follow anymore. I don't actually know who I follow or why I follow them or... There's a lot of gaming news coming across my feed, so I figure that's that works for me. <laughs> I, I figure if it's working for me, why do I care? That that's where I got the Left for Dead Two and Dying Light news came across my Twitter feed. So I just kind of shrug and say, "All right, well, I'm getting the news. Um, okay, things must be working. I must have set it up right, the right way." Sometime. <laughs> so they said that there was some kind of sale or something onto their new creation club. Whatever. Oh, my point was because of this crap with the Fallout First stuff, I'm not I I have preliminarily made a decision not to buy any more Bethesda stuff. Good for you. I don't want to get hammered with microtransactions. I don't want to get hammered with just all the crap they've been loading into their games for the last couple of years. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm done. And also, I've been playing uh, The Outer Worlds, which is a brand new game which, game which came out a couple of days ago by Obsidian. And they're doing Bethesda better than Bethesda could do it. They've got a better engine. They're doing the same sort of RPG stuff. And it's not as clunky and it's not as buggy. Um, and it's better than Bethesda has been. So I got somebody else that, at least in this one game, has done Bethesda better than Bethesda is. So why not? stick with them or at least, 
give them another chance for the next game they make to see if it still is good. Um, and then there's CD Projekt Red, so I'm going to give Cyberpunk a chance, see if that's good. Oh, yeah, that'll probably be good. So I don't have to stick with Bethesda anymore. That was my point. Um, so I check some stuff out, and I see this mod that I downloaded a long time ago that I never had a chance to play with. It is a zombie mod, and it's a zombie mod that turns the ghouls, the feral ghouls, in... Fallout 4 into Romero zombies. Okay. And it had such an impact on play, and it changed play in such an amazing way that it made the entire game completely different. It literally turned Fallout 4 into a zombie horror game. Not a survival horror game, but a zombie horror game. And I've just been loving playing it. It's been so awesome because it's legitimately terrifying. Um, so the zombies are slow. Their fastest speed is slower than your walking speed. And you're going to say, well, that's not scary. Except it is scary, because with the way I was having to play it, they could sneak up on me, and I didn't hear them coming. So I had to always turn around and be looking around. And if they got in my range and attacked me without me noticing, one hit, one kill at the level I was at. So if I'm not on the bounce and watching my back every single second... When a zombie's around, I'm dead. Like that. Wow. So, yes, you can get away from them if you notice them. If you're checking around and you're, you know, looking around. But if you let your, you know, if you let your attention wander or you forget or whatever, they will kill you instantly. <laughs> Um, they made VATS, the auto-target system, useless on the zombies. Shooting them in any of the regular body parts does almost no damage, comparatively, mm -hmm. compared to, like, a regular human. And then shooting them in the head is virtually impossible. You get, instead of the normal, let's say, 45% chance if you're really close to them, you got, like, a 1% chance. So your only way to shoot them is manually. You can't rely on pause and shoot. It's all real time. So they're walking slowly towards you, getting closer and closer and closer. You're trying to draw a bead on their head to hit their head while at the same time you're trying to make sure that there are no others coming up from behind or from the sides or from wherever. It is, it is nerve-wracking. It is a nerve-wracking way to play. That sounds like it's really well designed. I like it. 
Um, and I understand that this may be, at least in TTRPGs, this may be slow, but I just, I want to talk about two specific situations that came up that, uh, what it does is it turns the game into a tactical, um, a tactical shooting game where you have to be aware of what's around you. And I'm not talking immediately. That's when you've screwed up. If you're being, have to be aware of what's within five to 10 feet of you, you've already screwed the pooch and you just need to run away. That's a fail state. You need to be aware of what's in the buildings around you so that if any of them start coming out, you're ready to handle it. So what you have to do with these zombies is you have to move up and stop and look at where you're going to enter, the area you're going to move into, and see if there's anything there. You have to look and make sure if there is anything there. And if there is, you have to kind of make a plan just off the top of your head about how you're going to deal with it. Are you going to back out and try to circle around? Are you going to try to take those two out, you know, from a distance? I mean, how are you going to deal with this? And then once you start moving into the space, then you have to revise that plan on the fly based on zombies you didn't see or whatever else goes on that's improvisational. It's a completely different way to handle zombies than I've ever played with before. So that's what I meant earlier when I said I've never had to fight zombies like this. Um, I've played a lot of zombie video games, but I've never had to play a video game that forced me to think like this, that forced me to act and react like this. So I came up on a building that had two other big buildings beside it and some smaller ones down the road. Um, and there was one zombie in the middle of a courtyard. So I capped him and I started, I thought one zombie, fine. Capped him, started moving up and another zombie came out of the building. And so I capped him. And another zombie started coming out of the building. And I'm thinking now, okay, there's a lot of zombies in this building. Mm -hmm. So I just started moving left and right to try and get us, try and see inside the building so I could start killing them before they got out. And I did that. And then I did a the 360 just to check to make sure there wasn't anything behind me. And there were two zombies that were almost up behind me who had come out of a different building. So I kept both of them, and then I did another 360, and there were three more zombies who were coming up the road, and another one is coming down the road. So I was, you know, zombies leaking out of the building that I couldn't shoot at directly because the door was tightly closed, zombies leaking out of another building behind me, and a zombie coming up the road. The situation had gone to pot. I had lost control of the situation. I could not shoot all of those zombies 
while keeping them at an acceptable distance. Sooner or later, one of them was going to get close enough to jump me. And that's even assuming I knew that this was all there was. I had no guarantee that these were all the zombies that were in the area. So I turned around and ran. The situation had deteriorated. I couldn't handle it. So I turned around and got the hell out of there. I'm faster than them. But I just had to learn the tough way, you know, when there's too many zombies. And when the zombies start coming out of places that you have no idea where they're actually coming from, you'd leave. Um, but yeah, it completely changes encounters in the game. It completely changes how you approach encounters of the game. It, it just... Uh, it's just been a real eye-opener about how you can use zombies not in the big crowd of them ravening, running up to you, jumping up, screaming, but just slow, methodical killers who uh, appear unexpected, unexpectedly, who can be killed easily. If you shoot them in the head once, that'll kill them. But you have to get the draw. I mean, you have to draw a bead on the head and shoot them, and that's just not easy, especially when you're nervous. I mean, I was stuck at one intersection, and I literally killed 15 zombies over the course of about 10, 11 minutes. I was surrounded by a ring of zombie cor corpses. Because they just kept on coming from different places. Um, you just can't take it for granted that you know where the zombies are. That you know that you'll kill them fast enough. You always have to be ready to run. You always have to be ready to reconsider the situation. So it's very, very nerve-wracking. I just had a hell of a lot of fun with it. That's the best thing I've ever heard anybody say about any video game, never mind a Fallout game. <laughs> uh, that's that's great to hear. It really is, because it is tough to make them threatening or or exciting. Uh, you know, there isn't an evil franchise comes to mind. It's just, you just get all, all the guns and ammo and you blow all the zombies away. It's fun, but it's not scary. You rarely feel threatened. Yeah. So that's it. We're we're well over time, even after our late uh, start time. Is there anything else you want to gab about today? No, no. I was just so excited about that Fallout mod. I had to share it. It was... <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. I, I, I'm glad to hear people are still doing mods and stuff out there. All right, folks. It looks like our, our audience is leaving, too. So <laughs> it's a great time to go. It's it's yeah it's it's been a lot of fun chatting with everybody uh, hanging out in the, in the chat with with, uh, with folks. Oh, I do want to do a shout out while he's hanging out in chat, Bradford Walker. I just got the paperback version of the Star Knight Saga. Oh, me too, me too. Book. Yeah, so that was really cool to get in the mail. Thanks for doing that. Uh, anybody who hasn't read it yet, check that out. All right, do you have any last words? 
Uh, that's it. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. It's always a always a pleasure. Always a good time hanging out with you guys and everyone in chat. I love doing the show. Um, program, programming note: I don't think I'll be here either the next week or the week after. It's going to be a busy holiday season for me. All right, so we may not be on the air. We'll have probably we'll blah, 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 blah. we'll see. <laughs> All right, thanks for everybody tuning in. Um, Thanks, everybody, who's going to be listening to the show later. Remember, you can get us on YouTube.com slash GeekGab, YouTube.com slash GeekGab, or you can catch us on uh, the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, or SoundCloud.com. Just do a search for GeekGab, and you can uh, listen to us on the device of your choice. Uh, if you're listening to us on YouTube, um, we're here live just about every Saturday Obviously, with some exceptions, just about the same time. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Make sure you're still subscribed. Click the bell to get uh, um, notifications as to when we're going live. And by all means, if you feel like this show has provided its quota of entertainment for today, click the like button. Because... Uh, frankly, it feeds our egos, and uh, we could do with uh, a little bit more ego feeding in our lives. Um, is that it? Is there anything else I have to say? Uh, I, I believe somebody in our audience may may worry that we won't be back. Oh, well, yeah, but I was asking about anything before that. No, that's all. Okay, good. I was suddenly afraid I'd forgotten something. All right, folks, we are... Signing off for today, but don't you worry, don't you fret, we will be back.